How's it going, folks? I hope everybody's doing well. I hope everybody's staying safe and healthy as they can. Um, Yeah, so um, it is 8 o'clock in the morning. This is the first time I've been up. I got up at 7 o'clock. This is the first time I've been up before 8 o'clock in like two months, and I hate it. But we're going to... We're going to try to record a podcast right now because I'm sober. So <clears throat> um, so something that I really want to talk about is like, uh, and you know, again, if this is your first time tuning in, uh, welcome to absolutely nobody's favorite podcast, Annoying Question Boy. I'm your host, Annoying Question Boy, also known as Josh. Um, yeah, so... Basically, because I'm working so much, I've just been forced to have to, like, record in my car on the way to work, which, I mean, I don't really have a problem with. I kind of prefer it because it makes the drives go by quicker, and it makes it easy to kind of get out a quick 20 to 30-minute thing. You know what I'm saying? Um, But that's why if you hear, like, noise in the background or if the sound isn't the greatest, that's why. Um, My show isn't necessarily this shitty. It is this shitty, but not necessarily, you know. So, um, yeah, so, uh, hope you enjoy it, but yeah, anyways, um, so something that I really want to talk about is this, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot lately on the show about the disconnect of, you know, the general public from reality, especially in America, and I would assume other advanced, uh, modern societies, as they were, um, because what it really is the disconnect from reality is one it's not intentional on the part of anyone who's participating in quite often we you know get frustrated with people for not understanding the way things work or disagreeing with us even though we might have the education to say no i'm right you know about certain things and still have people disagree with us a lot of times that has nothing to do with any decisions that they've actively made except for turning on the wrong TV, you know, station, which, not for nothing, but they're all shit. Um, but yeah, so like, none of that is the individual's fault. Another thing that we need to recognize is that this is used as a tool. Um, I'm not one of the ones to speculate that the ruling class is this ultra evil cabal which sits behind you know draped uh draped curtains and you know comes up with these plans but i am one who understands that the ruling class is able to shape and morph society into however they see fit so you know in today's day and age where so many people are disconnected from politics, are disconnected from their, you know, material reality, understanding, hey, I go to work nine to five, six days a week, yeah, I can barely afford to pay my bills. I feel like that shouldn't be happening. Like, we don't have time to have these thoughts, um, let alone anything further than that, you know? And so I don't know that it was necessarily designed to be like that, but it certainly is something that, you know, the powers that be could uh, capitalize on it most definitely. And so I would claim that that's probably what happened. But so basically what this is as what this has done to again, I can only speak for America because that's where I live. But what this has seemed to done to America 
is, I mean, not for nothing, but completely separate the working class. Not only just based off of just the simple disagreements. You know, I'm a Republican, you're a Democrat, fuck you. But, like, we have gotten so far into a pit of misinformation, which has led to more and more widespread fear, especially in, you know, the suburban types, which is then capitalized on by, you know, whether Fox News, CNN, what have you, whatever media source, whatever, you know, government official decides that, they want to do it today, but it's capitalized on. And then it's used as a tool to further split the working class because once we're afraid of each other, you know, these news networks, these media companies, they don't have to tell the truth. They don't have to, you know, really explain their points. Like, we've had a president who in 2016 made the claim that all the immigrants that Mexico was sending were rapists and drug dealers. The amount of people who called him out and said, that's bullshit, and then had other people on Donald Trump's behalf argue and say, no, 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 either one, that's not what he said, two, you don't understand the context, or three, that is what he said, and he's right. <laughs> um, and so... Because of this, you have a completely separated citizenry here in America. And that is a huge problem. Um, One of the things that it has affected is our ability to have any conversations, any strives, any changes whatsoever that could lead to a new or better society. We have, in this country some of the most conservative ideals known to man. I don't mean that in, you know, conservative American conservative. I mean conservative traditional conservative. We have a constitution which was written almost 250 years ago that our government supposedly follows to a T. They'll follow it to a T when it benefits them, of course, and we won't have any conversations about changing it when it has to do with these situations. But then when, you know, anything to do with a government official breaking these laws, that's perfectly fine. Or rich people, that's perfectly fine, you know. And we can talk about how things need to change for the sake of, like, Oh, corporations in the United States have the same exact rights as human beings. And if you didn't know that, welcome to the, the, the knowing circle. It's an awful time here. But let's, let's, let's get back on track here. So an issue that this has caused has, has been an absolute you know, inability to have any kind of conversation, especially within the working class, you know. So much of the working class in America has been completely um, co-opted by the right. And this is due to a lot of different factors. But I would argue that especially one of the main factors that has led to this has been the introduction of Fox News. Um, If you don't know, the history of Fox News is pretty scandalous, of course. Um, If you want to hear more about that, I did a podcast episode on that a while back. I also did a blog about it. But basically, to give you a quick overview to, you know, get you to the point, 
Fox News's uh, owner, Rupert Murdoch, was like an Australian media tycoon who owned like a huge portion of Australia's media. He then met up with Roger Ailes, which if you don't know who Roger Ailes is, another good person to look up. Roger Ailes was actually the head media consultant for the Nixon administration as well as George H.W. Bush's administration. He was a huge propaganda guy. And so, in the 70s, him and Nixon, and I think a few other people in total, kind of helped out on it, but him and Nixon wrote a little paper called A Plan for Putting the GOP on Television News. They did a study where they recognized that a lot of people were starting to trust television news far more than news newspapers and they were also beginning uh as the paper pointed out to become ever more lazy you know the easier the access to the news was the more likely that these people were to access it that way and so roger ailes and richard nixon kind of went through the study and wrote out you know some of their ideas about how to capitalize on this in order to bring the american public to, you know, kind of meet up with the GOP and the GOP's ideals. Flash forward 26 years later, 1996, and you got the dawning of Fox News, Roger Ailes, Rupert Murdoch. They end up actually uh, fast-forwarding what would have been the process of, of the time, and they actually paid cable companies to air their show rather than waiting for cable companies to seek them out and pay them to air their show. So because of the help of, you know, the billions of dollars that Rupert Murdoch already had before Fox News was created, um, they were able to supersede basically um, any kind of fact-checking, you know, uh, service, anything like that, and just air their show to millions of people. And because they were able to do that, again, they were able to go without really much fact-checking, and so they've completely swayed a public. I would argue that Fox News is the main reason why we had such a huge nationalistic boom after 9-11. It helps to influence the general uh, public into a war in the Middle East. It's helped cause uh, anti-communist, anti-socialist uh, ideals here in America, which uh, have you know helped in 2016 and in 2020 to get rid of our one and only compromise, which is Bernie Sanders and our attempt at you know actually having health care. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what happened. And through that, up until 2020, you know, with the huge booms of nationalism uh, throughout the last 25 or so years, has completely pulled the American public to the right, including, you know, CNN and the Democrats who really never were left. Um, Sure, maybe they're left of the Republicans, but only barely. And most of the time their interests, you know, are pretty much aligned because even though they might be getting their money or their ideas uh, from different corporations... They're all coming from billionaires and wealthy elites. So you're building the same society, whether it's the Democrats or the Republicans, with the tools to do it. So the reason why this has become a problem is because now, like I said, 
In 2016 and 2020, Bernie Sanders, one of the most fucking granola socialists you will ever hear of, um, got completely blacklisted by the entirety of the United States media. Even the Democratic Party actively spent billions of dollars and, you know, countless hours in time running anti-Bernie campaigns of some sort. Um, And this is, yet again, you know, added to the completely dysfunctional discourse that we have in this country surrounding socialism and things of the like. But more so than anything, we can't even have... This proves right here. We cannot have any deviation whatsoever from the norm. America is so incapable of allowing any kind of change that we are literally going to elect Joe fucking Biden. Joe Biden might be the president of the United States. Take that in. In 2020, okay, after an eight-month period, ten-month period of active protesting all across the country, and I'm not even going to talk about anything else other than this, You get a Joe Biden presidency. One of the most pro-police, you know, former politicians ever who spent a good portion of the mid-90s campaigning for the Bushes and the Clintons to help them. I think it was more specifically the Clintons. Correct me if I'm wrong here. But to pass the 1996 crime bill, which, you know, arguably is one of the most dangerous one of the most damaging crime bills to ever be passed in American history, especially modern history. So that is our, you know, might-be president-elect of 2020. We here in America are so cemented in our ways that we would not even allow a man who, you know, was called a, a, a radical leftist, who basically his main thing was, hey, we have the resources, so why don't we actually provide for our citizens? And if you actually were to listen to the conversation, and again, I don't know where I stand on Bernie. He's definitely not my favorite. Um, but if you were to actually listen to the conversations and you know the speeches that Bernie Sanders gave, what he was saying is precisely what 90% of the country needs to hear right now. And that is the fact that you are not at the table of discussion. Your interests are not at the tables of discussion in Washington, in anywhere where these discussions are being had, where these policies are being passed, where this legislation is being written and decided upon. Our interests are not present. You know, one of the big things that we in American politics love saying is, you know, it's important that we reach across the aisle. We reach across the aisle. Well, when we say that, it would be, you know, very important that we remember that you and I are not at that aisle, nor are our interests or our needs. And if you can doubt that even still to today, I would ask you to look at how quickly, how quickly a bill was passed in order, or not a bill was passed, how quickly What's-Her-Face, the new Supreme Court Justice, Amy Coney Barrett, 
got, you know, everything that needed to be done, done in order to become a Supreme Court justice. They've already knocked down the ability for certain states to disallow religious gatherings during COVID, so that's cool. But look at the speed with which that happened. And look at how long it's taken and the fact that we won't get a second stimulus bill. It's just blocked at every level because it's, it's a, a, um, a partisan thing. We're going to argue, sit here, say, oh, the Democrats are being too greedy. The Republicans aren't giving us enough. Hey, how about you shut the fuck up and pay citizens of America money to stay home so that I don't have to worry about my grandparents fucking dying? You know? Like, really. Not for nothing, but I don't care what you believe. I don't care what politics you hold. If you can look at the United States government right now and see anything except for a grotesque, swollen porous and corrupt conglomerate of old fucking white assholes who all just need to kick the bucket already, then you are not paying attention to reality. And that's kind of the thing that I want to talk about. Because of this, you know, perversion of any kind of political discussion in this country, we have a complete disconnect from reality. And what that has led to in a lot of cases is a distrust for change especially in today's day and age, a distrust for things like socialism because of our just genuine lack of understanding of these things. But you can't have conversations with people about what socialism is because they are not misinformed. You're misinformed. According to most of the people who would argue against things like socialism, you know, you and I, the people who have spent time learning about these things, have no fucking clue what we're talking about. Whatever Tucker Carlson or whatever fucking ghoul and, you know, the Congress or Senate of the United States, whatever asshole decided to spew his mouth about how in Venezuela, if you're, you know, not socialist, you get shot in the head by the, the socialist Nazi party of Venezuela, you know, those are the guys who know what they're talking about, you know? So... One of the questions that I've come across pretty frequently is, what will socialism look like? And I don't really have as much time as I wanted to dive into this topic, but real quick, I would like to just say a few things. So, first and foremost, the question, what will socialism look like, does not take into account the simple fact that if you were to ask anyone, And I don't even care who it was. If you were to ask the main economists and philosophers of 200 years ago, 100 years ago, 50 years ago, what capitalism would look like today, they would have had no fucking clue. And on top of that, if they did, if some economist 100 years ago was able to perfectly describe to you how capitalism were to work in the 21st century... You, one, would say, that's fucking insane, that makes no sense, that's not going to work, obviously. And secondly, you would say, you're a fucking sociopath. And that's how it goes. You know, um, I'm rereading for the second time now, uh, Socialism, Utopian and Scientific by Frederick Engels, where he talks about this, where he talks about how You know, the more detail work that you do, the more specifics and uh, 
peculiarities that you focus on when theorizing about things like socialism, the less likely that any of those things are anything except for fantasies. Because when you try to sit here and work out the details of something that is going to happen, especially in the United States, a country which is, you know, really something, let's say, if you're trying to sit here and work out the details of what socialism is going to look like, then you don't understand the point of socialism. So what we have right now with a capitalist system is an organized labor force into specific sects. You know, I work at a smoke shop. I am a convenience store worker. But if you're to go to a factory, there are specific machines built in to screw in one screw. That is the efficiency, or that is what efficiency causes, is that complete, you know, just breaking down of the work, the work, uh, 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 what do you want to call it, the production process into the smallest and most minute details possible in order to make sure that you're, you know, firing on all cylinders. So we have this extremely organized workforce, which, you know, sees, I would, I would think, I think it's like 70 to 80% of the population is employed in some way or another in like a wage labor type job, which usually is broken down in this way. And so like at my job yesterday, I was there for eight hours. In those eight hours, I sold to, I think my number said 560-something people, and I sold, sold a total of like $21,000 worth of product. But I walked away with $110. Now, the people who are getting that money, did they do anything? You know, were they the ones in the store getting yelled at by customers because now New York State requires that we have to scan licenses in the middle of a pandemic where nobody can get into a DMV to get a new unexpired license? No. Were they the ones who had to sit in the store and listen to the fucking crackhead go on and on about how they found this you know, rare coin, which is worth a million dollars, and have them go through their whole spiel so that they can try to pawn it off on you for a pack of cigarettes? No. But are they the ones walking away with $20,000? Yup. And this is kind of the thing, is we have this extremely organized workforce, but when it comes to the production process, when it comes to the exchange process... And when it comes to the profiteering, who profits off of these processes, it's all anarchy. And even more than that, the production process itself, what we produce in this country, how we produce it, why we produce it, is complete anarchy too. We focus on uh, supply and demand in this country, which is a bullshit theory, which doesn't even make sense. But that's what we use to influence you know, our production in this country. In the middle of a pandemic where half of our half of the United States is out of a job or has been out of a job for, you know, in the last 10 months, we are spending more time producing iPhones and iPhone accessories than we are trying to figure out a way to revamp our um 
factories in the United States so that we can produce ventilators, so that we can produce medicine. We're spending more time trying to figure out, you know, okay, so-and-so said this about the election. Is this true? Let's write, let's write 37 different articles about this stupid fucking election. But let's not write any articles about the fact that in the middle of a, you know, an oncoming economic recession, which we still have yet to really feel the effects of, the same way that in 2007 there was the actual economic collapse, but they did not feel the impact of those economic collapse until 2008, it's the same today. And so because of that, we should be having conversation about, all right, hey, we import all of the food that United States citizens eat, all of it. All of the food we you know, produce in the United States is imported, or exported, I should say, out of the United States. And therefore, does not go to provide for the United States citizens. Hey, if we don't have money, we're not going to be able to afford to do that. We should probably get ready for this to be a problem. I don't see that being covered in any articles or you know newsletters or news sources that I'm watching or paying attention to. But just to finish up here, um, hold on. And so, because of this, you see the very same problems that we're facing today. Those problems being the inability of our country to provide for our citizens. You know, if we're importing all of our food, how much of that food is coming from the United States, being paid for, you know, by the United States, being profited off of by the United States, and going to benefit the people of the United States. How much of that is actually benefiting the United States citizens, and how much of it is benefiting very specific, minute, and small private companies and individuals within the United States? Um, And so this is kind of the anarchy of the production process under capitalism, which Engels points to. And it's, you know, it's kind of funny that we proclaim to be such an advanced, modern, and progressed society, yet, you know, we can't even avoid the very anarchy of the system, which we have spent the better half, if not the better whole, of 250 years trying to perfect. Um... Excuse me, ruffling this garbage bag. Probably going to make awful noise in the background. And so that's why it's important to have planned production. Because, therefore, you have a system of industry which is, you know, centrally uh, communicating and is able to look at the needs of its country and say, hey... The people of the United States are incapable of affording homes. We should probably do something to fix that. Or, if you want to get more specific on the planned production line, hey, we have no ventilators, and 1.6 million people have the coronavirus. We should probably start making ventilators. So that's kind of just my shtick, you know, it's um, it's incredibly important that we start talking about these things and having conversations about these things seriously because we are living in a time where these changes are going to need to happen. 
Um, and the only people that are going to make those changes are us. You know, we've seen in the last 40 years a, a, a bunch of different presidents, congresspeople, House of Representatives, judges, you know. It doesn't matter. It's the system itself. And the people who are a part of that system are surely not going to be the ones to change it. Because they're the ones who are benefiting from the system. I say this all the time. If you, you know, just to kind of connect it to a similar thought, you cannot call America a not racist country when we continuously have to pass laws to say, hey, stop being racist. You know, we had to pass a whole, a whole constitutional amendment to say, hey, black people are actually human beings. So, you know, in the same way that we can't sit around and say that we're an advanced society, when we have to keep doing all these things, you know, every fucking five years to save the economy of this so, you know, so-called advanced and post-modern uh, economy and country. It's fucking ridiculous. So, yeah. Uh, if you're still listening to me, thank you. I appreciate you. Um, sorry I kind of fell off my train of thought at the end here. I'm at work getting ready, and uh, it's kind of hard to do two things at once for me, especially when I'm, you know, incredibly uh, stoned. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, that changed. That whole sober thing changed. Sorry, guys. Um, but, yeah, so I hope you enjoyed it. I uh, hope everybody's doing well. If you don't know, I do a blog, which you can find at annoyingquestionboy.blogspot.com. Um, if you're listening to this podcast, just know that I'm also found on a bunch of other uh uh, you know, posting places. So if you want to go look for those, you can do that. I believe I'm on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Outcast, SoundCloud, Anchor, and a few others. But yeah, so if you don't like how you're listening to me now, just know that there's other ways that you could listen to me. Uh, if you liked this and you want to go check out more, I have a bunch more shit that you can check out, so please do that. Uh, and yeah, thanks guys. Oh, also, go ahead and follow me on social media, please. Annoying question. Boy, everywhere. Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. Uh, thanks so much. I love you guys a whole lot. Um, I hope everybody, again, staying as safe, as healthy, and quite honestly as sane as possible you know this time is not easy on anyone so don't don't be hard on yourselves um love you all hope you have a great rest of your day uh catch catch you later see you next time bye